podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high-interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter, license in all 50 states, and analysts consider access.org number 330. Welcome to a new episode of Touchland Fracas. Um, you know, today we've tried to think about a, a different format for the podcast. You know, it's not everyday banter. Um, sometimes we give you in-depth analysis and um, we're trying a new format today. Um, so today with me, I've got my good friend and striker for Rotherham United, uh, Freddie Ladapo. What's good, bro? You right? How you doing, Seb? You right? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, how, how you keeping up, man? Lockdown's crazy. Yeah, lockdown has been a bit of a, of a wild one for us, especially as footballers, because you go from training every day and doing what you enjoy doing to having to sit at home and work at certain periods of the day. Yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I can imagine. Um, yeah, I can definitely imagine, you know, you're definitely used to kind of like the routine of, as you mm-hmm. said, training um, every single day. And then now you just go to, you're kind of like at a stop, you're at home and then just chilling or whatever. Yeah. Um, what, what I wanted to ask, um, in regards to like lockdown, uh, is there any like programs or anything that uh, your club gives you to kind of like keep fit, or is that something that you do on your own? Um, I think our club is obviously very big on fitness, so they do quite a lot in terms of giving us a program weekly, and weekly it does change. Like regularly, we speak to each other, like to the fitness culture or to the members of staff, and we we get set out stuff that we need to do. We also go on Zoom programs to do home workouts. We do that as as a team, and we have our programs, like I said, that change weekly. Where we will we'll do like different sort of running circuits. So That's we sick. Have the set out for us. 
Cool, yeah, no, that 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 sounds sick. Um, cool. So, a uh, thing that's been a hot topic on the media is, um, you know, what's gonna go uh, down with the season. You know, there's various things that everybody keeps speaking about about maybe playing behind closed doors and and and, and other stuff like that. What, what do you think? Do you think anything? You know, what do you think is gonna happen? And you know, in regards to you, you're in a good position. You know, Rotherham United, they're second, if I'm not. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, so you're second yeah. in the league. Um, yeah. So, what would you think uh, is going to happen? Do you, would you? Would you? How would you feel if you, they play behind closed doors and stuff like that? Um, first of all, firstly, you know, being in a position that we're in, it would be key for us to finish this season because mm-hmm. we have worked hard all season to put ourselves in that position, and you don't get there to now want everything to be voided or to be cancelled. So. If it was to carry on, it would be best for us. Like we would actually, you know, more than want it to carry on because we've got something to play for. Mm-hmm. Personally, me, the goals that I set out to achieve this year, you know, which included things like promotion, mm-hmm. the amount of goals I wanted to score this season, it would just more than make sense for that to happen if the season carried on, whether it be behind closed doors or not. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for the yeah. fans aspect of it, it would be a real shame because in Fans in games make the game feel worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So you go to a football match, you know, you hear the crowd either chanting your name or not chanting your name. And, you know, you feel the real buzz as if you're actually at a, at a football match. So to not have the fans there would would make it seem very strange for us. Or for me personally, it would make it feel very strange. But we would want to carry on the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for, for sure, man. I, I definitely understand. I, I, you know, I get it from uh, both uh, perspectives because, like we've discussed, you know, um, you know, you've mentioned before previously, health is the most important thing. Do you know what I mean? So, because of the health and um, and 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 everybody, you know, you just want to make sure everybody's safe first, and then we can kind of think about football and 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 going into that. But if the season does go on. Um, I definitely, uh, definitely understand. Um, um, you guys have a lot to play for, and it's a, it's it's, it's important. It's an important season, you know. We, what I think, what, one thing I've been thinking about is the age of players. You know, <laughs> nobody's getting younger; everybody's getting older. Um, yeah, so like like things like that, and that like players' contracts. I don't know um, if you want to get into it too tough, but what happens, for example, if um, you know a season like this? So, say the season you know, does become void. What happens with, like, players' contracts and stuff like that? You know, do they renew or is it just an ongoing thing? It just is what it is. Uh, in terms of if, if players' contracts are finishing at the end of the season, like, if you are obviously in that position that your contract was to end in, let's say, June, you would it would be an extension for the club would that would have to do. So mm-hmm. the club would be permitted to extend that contract until whenever it was that the season did get finished, which I can see where for a lot of clubs it would seem. It seems like you're paying out a lot more because these are more months in which you have to pay players where, let's say, you might have decided against keeping them on for the next season. Mm-hmm. So it's more expense for the club. And you could see, as for players, you know, you're know, you even in court in a position where they're probably even hoping that it carries on because if they cut it now, then you're left in this pandemic without a club, without a team, and not even knowing when the time to even renegotiate or speak to clubs can even happen. Because I'm sure clubs will use that as a thing where 
we don't really have that much money to spend, which clearly they, they don't, or a lot wouldn't. And we're just not in the basis of speaking on signing new players. And that doesn't help that player who's out of contract because he's got bills to pay. And how much is, let's say, his savings going to last him before he then starts speaking to a club and try and sort things out for his family or his future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's one. What I, I'm glad that you touched on the savings aspects because um, that was definitely a big thing in the media regarding footballers, you know, um, donating uh, their wages to help people. Well, more so premiership footballers donating their wages to help people. But what people don't understand is whatever, however, however much you earn, you kind of scale up your lifestyle. To, to, to match your earnings so some people may not have as much savings as everybody thinks they just think just because you get paid a certain amount you must be able to give millions or hundreds of thousands to, to every charity and um, yeah I, I, I don't think it works like that um, I think because obviously it's a whole scale pandemic and there are a lot of people who are in terrible positions how clubs and how people would see it is regardless of whatever cut that these top earning footballers would do the monthly income that they would receive is a lot to anybody and to anything obviously that doesn't excuse the fact that someone might be spending that a lot on like let's say mortgages let's say he has two three houses or you know he has a few cars he has things that those companies or those debtors are not going to see any excuse for why they decide that, you know, their money has gone so low that they can't pay it with their regular income. But we do help like footballers in any league, you know, from premiership all the way down to lower leagues, we would help. I mean, you have staff who are next to nothing who are taking those cuts. So for us to do, I don't know one footballer that would say, well, yeah, they're not looking to take a cut or they're not looking to take a furlough or they're not looking to... As long as it's a thing where they can survive because people are in different positions, Mm -hmm. I'm sure anyone would be looking to do something because you are caring for humanity or you are caring for people who are earning far less and don't even have enough to, let's say, support their mortgage for the, the rest of the two, three months. And I've clearly seen, you know, I have friends or people who I know or who I've played with really go out of their way to support those in need. So I know it's a thing where they definitely do care. Yeah, it's true because um, funny you said uh, players you know, and obviously you played with Wan Bissaka, if I'm correct, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I see he donated, um, uh, I think, 10,000 masks or, or whatnot. So, yeah, no, players are definitely uh, doing their part um, and, um, yeah, trying to get you know, the public through this tough time. Um, yeah, so kind of moving off lock, lockdown and um, kind of going into more your career. So, you know, let's let's talk about how, how it started because I, I, I met you very, very early on. Um, you was at Colchester. Talk, talk to me about your time through Colchester when you joined and, and, and how that kind of uh, worked out for you. Um. Well, probably even starting from before Colchester, I started off at South End. South End, that's it. Yeah, sorry, South End. Yeah, yeah. So I was playing at South End under sixteens. You know, very happy to be there, doing quite well actually. And it was a time where we had a good team, we had good players in and around it, and we were all doing well. Like myself, Michael Ngu, Femi Onuga. Like there was a lot. Daniel Bentley was even there at the time. Like there was a lot of good players who were doing good things at the time. We had a very strong team. And at that particular time, there were a lot of interest in 
us as players because you're coming through with very good talent. So people have been offered, you know, trials and had club interests and things like that aimed for them. And I also had the same thing, which for a youngster, obviously, it stirred me. I wouldn't say in the wrong direction, but I, I, I was ambitious, so I wanted more for myself. So I ended up probably leaving there prematurely to, in the hope of a child that didn't materialise at a club, <clears throat> at one of these top clubs. So for the other players who went to these clubs, had their trials and you know, got signed and went on to be at that club for the next, I don't know, three, four years, for me, it didn't end up as, as sweet as obviously what those happen to the others so I ended up floating around just you know trying to find a stable place until I went on track to Colchester come I think I was 17 at the time so probably for that year I didn't really end up finding my feet so when I did go to Colchester I had an extended trial that I think I was there for like two months and not because I wasn't good enough but probably I think the manager said to me at the time that he just wanted to see more from me because he knew I had more talent to to give or to show mm-hmm. so ended up staying there I think that was actually one of the best for my development because it really helps me to you know find a home or find a place and really settle down and try and prove whatever it is that I can do in the game so from there was went through the youth team there so I did my scholarship there and when it came to professional I didn't actually get my professional there so I signed on as a third year mm. scholar while others in in my age group were signing on as pros but obviously it got to me because I was thinking well I'm pretty sure that I'm good enough to obviously deserve this professional contract but this is just something that someone's just not giving me for some reason or another could be loads of different reasons could, could even be as simple as they didn't think I was good enough or, or quite right yet to become a pro then so but me, I never, I, not I never, I, I usually take setbacks as a reason to come back. Like I take things obviously very personally and I use it as a sort of like a fuel to help me, to drive me forward. So I accepted that, worked hard, finally did get my pro at the time, which was a year later than what I should have had it. But went on to make my debut at 19. Like I played for the first team in like cup matches and you know little small matches and things like that and did quite well. But I ended up staying on, did well in 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 the reserves and ended up making my debut against Brentford at 19. Sure. So I, I made a few, I think I played like I came on like a few times, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really getting the game time that I thought I, I, I wanted. Do you see when something like that happens where, you know, you're not getting the game time, you're, you're a young kid kind of breaking into the first team squad. Like, how do you feel and, and, and what, what would be like your advice to somebody that's currently in that position or may go through that position? Um, my advice is like when I look at my journey, I'm quite pleased with my journey, even though some people might say, oh, well, it took you a long time to get there. I felt like I've always chased what I needed to chase to get to where I'm at today. <clears throat> so in that position, I remember speaking to the manager and he told me he didn't have the experience. Like it, So back then in the reserves, I'd be scoring goals thinking, you know, if you score goals, if you do the right things, then that will get you noticed or that will get you looked on onto the first team. But at that time, the team wasn't really doing that well. So we weren't creating enough chances. Players wasn't scoring as much and... And there's me, you know, young, energetic, thinking, well, you know, just put me on the pitch and I'll just go and score and things like that. But 
you know football is not like that when people are risking you know their jobs on the line risking risking their families' lives on the line they're not majority of the time they don't, they don't really want to gamble kids. yeah they don't want to put their gamble on kids mm-hmm. and these kids obviously they can end up being brilliant or, or more times than not they don't really understand the game so what I'd say to any youngsters you really do have to understand the game like understand what it is you bring from the game understand how different teams play understand how you play understand what you can bring to a team to help them to do well cool. and that no. could be different that could be different reasons like defensively midfield attack or even as a keeper or even different types of strikers or midfielders but just actually understanding where fits you best and how you can implement yourself onto a team Sick, sick, sick. Okay. Cool. So, um, cool. We, so you know, Colchester. Um, you know that happened. Um, as you said, you signed a pro, and then eventually from Colchester, you moved to what was that? Kidderminster. 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 Yeah. So when you move from, so when you go from a pro at Colchester, and you know, you know, you're young, you're hungry, you're banging goals, and then you move to Kidderminster. Kind of what? What are your thoughts then? Like, how's how, how are you feeling at that current time? At that current time, I was happy. Yeah, I, I was happy to leave. Like, I was happy to go to somewhere where I thought, well, yeah, like now I'm actually gonna be valued as a player. Like now, I won't just be looked at as a youngster. I'll be looked at as my goals matter because mm-hmm. I can score from now until I don't know when in the reserves for a team, but it doesn't really mean as much as when you do something in a professional game. Mm-hmm. So for a first team player at any team, let's say even from non-league all the way to Premier League, if you're doing well and you're scoring goals, you will get noticed. Whereas when you're doing that in reserves, it doesn't really it doesn't really get out as much because mm-hmm. things are not recorded and shown to the public as it is when you are playing first team football in whatever level. So I was definitely happy with the opportunity. Mm, yeah, no, that that that's sick. Um, and then after that, let's kind of fast forward and let's go to kind of like the Margate time. So, because Margate is kind of where me and you probably reconnected again. Um, mm. Where I saw us, I, I was like, nah, like this. I, I think I might have told you maybe like a year or two when mm. you was at Margate. I was just like, nah, hundred percent something's gonna happen for you. I said that, like I said, one hundred percent something's gonna happen for you. So, talk about your time at Margate and. Um, how one thing that I've I've always said to 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 friends of mine that have you know moved on from pro pro clubs and they might have dropped down a level. It doesn't matter if you drop down a level. If you do your job, somebody's gonna 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 go and see you. Do you know what I mean? Somebody's gonna see you and somebody's gonna acknowledge what you're doing. So kind of talk about your time at at Margate and you know how did that materialize and stuff like that. My time at Margate was one of the my favorite times and. It materialised through me going to grades and me just being told that, you know, just, just go and play football somewhere. Like, where, wherever it is, it doesn't matter what division they were in at the time, but, you know, just go and play football. And they were in Ram and Prem at the time, the same league as Margate. And I was just thinking to myself, if you do well against one of the top teams in the division, then they'll be looking to, you know, to, to, to get you after. So we I played against Margate twice, in that time and did really well. Like I had a friend who was there at the time and the manager liked me at the time as well. And he would speak to to my agent and, you know, express his, his like for me. 
and it was through scoring goals, like scoring goals at Gray's, then scoring goals at Margate. And like I said, when you, you are doing well, regardless of whatever dif- division it is, it's a lot easier for people to see you because it's at a first team level and the whole world can see it because it's, it's now deemed as something serious. Whereas when you are in reserves or youth team, it's good for the development, but then it's not taking into account that people are doing this for, like, let's say, their lives, their jobs, their families, their kids, and things like that. So people are working on the week and then going to play football on the weekend to still get paid because people were still getting paid at that time. And the tackles that fly in are a lot more serious. <laughs> yeah. The way people fight for each other are a lot more serious. The way people deal with losing or deal with winning are just a whole lot more serious. So that time at Margate is when I really was able to get the experience. Like I'd play week in, week out. I'd play up front on my own. I'd have to deal with, you know, different kind of problems. And I enjoyed that so, so, so much because it was what I actually needed as a footballer. Yeah, so I'm happy you said that, like, about about your experience, regardless of the league. If you're doing your job, people are going to see you because you're at a a first-team level. So um, uh, you was at Margate, and then from Margate, you managed to get yourself um, a a massive move. Tell tell me about that and how that made you feel and and, and kind of told the people where you went and, you know. Yeah, so from Margate, it was doing well, scoring goals. So for the past like two seasons now, I was doing well, scoring goals. So the names buzzing around. I had football league teams who were very close to signing me, but things like deals couldn't be, terms couldn't be agreed and things like that. So it was something that was happening where there's someone who's doing well and has you know, a small name out, but he's still doing well for his club. So come, I think it was... After the January window ended, so around February times, that there was a scout who came to come watch me who has been working for the Margate previously. And he just suggested to Crystal Palace that there's, you know, a, a young adult, like he's not, he's not a child, but he's quite grown and he's really hungry for it. And this could be an option to, you know, just to see and see how he fits in with, with the team or see how he fits in with, let's say, the reserves. So... It came as something very small, like nothing was guaranteed at the start. It wasn't like people are tracking you now and they really want you to come straight into the team. But it just came as, like I say, like a small invitation to see how you would fare against this in this challenge. But to me, the faith that I had at that moment, that was everything. So someone telling you that you have a chance to go play for Crystal Palace tomorrow, and you're thinking, well, I'm in Conference South now. I don't really know if that comes around, you know, that that often or that that soon even. And like you even think, and I think back to the times when I was 15, 16, when I'm seeing players going into the Premier League, and I'm thinking, those are the times in which you get those moves. You don't really get those moves when you're 22, 23. Like, it's probably too late now, but... I still had faith in my career that I was going to get to the Premier League at some point, but I just didn't think it would be that soon. But I would get an opportunity for it to be that soon. I still thought I had many, many, many years to go. So when that trial period came up, I was actually meant to play against Colchester the week before, but then the first team had Shamak and a few other players that they decided what that they were going to drop down to play in, in that reserve game, which they played. So then that invitation got pushed back. So they said, they still want me to come, but just come the week after. 
and I was thinking against Colchester, to be honest with you, it was against my old team as well. And I was thinking, yeah, I do fancy my chances to do well against them. But then in the next week, they said I was going to play against Watford. And I was thinking, wow, nah, this is this is a different kind of... Different challenge. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> challenge. Because now you're playing against another Premier League side. Mm-hmm. And it's not another Premier League side that are, you know, small boys, like in comparison to Crystal Palace, that are still quite very big and quite good themselves. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that at the very least, even though it's a reserve game, you're going to have good young pros and you're going to have first-team players that fill the squad in those games. So I'm literally going to be playing against Premier League players. So I was like, wow, you know, overnight. <clears throat> so went to that game. And the thing that stuck with me, first of all, was in that game, they said there was 25 scouts there. Because you got two Premier League clubs, clubs where a lot of like lower league clubs, maybe championship clubs, there could be someone in and around there that you could use. So, and I was thinking to myself, 25 clubs coming to watch one football, one football match. If there was ever any time for me to do well, today is the time. Because if something doesn't happen here, I'm pretty sure someone else might even see me and say, I'll take oh, the yeah, shots. Yeah, I quite mm. fancy him. He looks mm. good, he looks decent. So I had a lot of motivation to do well in that game. And I, re- I was desperate to do well. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, but hospital-grade clean. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. And in that desperation, there was a prep, because I remember even driving to the game in my Astra, 56 plate. <laughs> and this wasn't even that long ago, <laughs> by the way. And I seen, uh, seen one of her players pull up in Porsche, um, Porsche Panamera's wife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> some of them took the team bus, but the real pros, they, they came in their cars. Mm. They really came looking... <laughs> serious, though. Yeah, looking serious. I see kids. Wow, like, <laughs> this is different. <laughs> but got there, I, I was just hungry for it, to be honest with you. And I ended up scoring a hat-trick in that game. Mad. And one of the coaches said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the first-team manager who was um, Pardew at the time. Because mm. I'm, I'm going to know if I'm like this. There's a youngster who just came here and just decided he wants to score a hat-trick on his debut. That's and hard, stuff. And he's going to know about it. Mark mm. Wright was there, a few others were there. And... I'm still wishful and hopeful at the time, but really and truly, they did go and tell the first team manager. And to have that happen for me was obviously one of the best things ever. Like, even if nothing happened from there, like, I was so happy with that moment. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Now, that must have been a sick, sick moment, man. Like, you you, you know, that's the definition of t- uh, taking your chance. Um, on, on your squad in, in, in that day, who, who did you play with? Um, who was on your team that anybody would know? Or... Uh... In that particular day, yeah, I'm sure. I'm not sure if Aaron started, you know, mm. because I played with him, but I'm not sure if he was even starting at that time because he was still quite young. It was only mm. when I've actually signed and got my deal that me and him started playing together and I started seeing him in training because even at that time he was even a winger. Mm. We had other wingers who were playing, so mm. it was only later when I saw players like that actually. 
playing in their positions because long on when I was even at Palace, he still was a winger up until probably like my last year until he converted into a right back. Interesting, interesting. And I, I can imagine obviously in training, you probably had many duels with him. He's probably like, how, 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 did, that, how did that happen in, in training? Like, how, what would you say? Who got the best out of who? I definitely got the best out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could call him today and ask him, I used to talk to me. No lie. I Nah, you know what? I'm actually so happy. Like, when people do obviously take their chance and do what they need to do to help themselves and help their family, like, it's a, it's a great and it's a wonderful thing mm-hmm. because you do take your chance. And I remember when people were saying, yeah, you know, Aaron Marks, we'll fight training today and things like that because mm-hmm. I used to go on loan around the time and I'll be thinking, wow, like, wait, you really did that? And, you know, like, with just joy in your heart that someone's actually doing well for doing themselves. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm very happy with everything he's, he's, he's achieved. Like it's, it's inspirational to everybody else. Like you can get where it is you want to get out of the game. Yeah, no, nah, that that's sick, man. Um, so obviously you was at Palace now. So um, I know a few times. So you went out uh, went out on loan and uh, you came back at Palace. And I know a few times you actually made the bench. But one thing I really want to speak about is your debut at Old Trafford, which is an absolute madness. Like, I was so happy, yeah, when, uh, fam, debut at Old Trafford. That's an absolute madness. But um, how did you feel and how did you find out you was actually, um, you know, in the squad or, you know, actually, got, what do you find out you're going to play at that time or is it as the game progresses, the manager says, all right, pretty much, all right, come on. Like, did you have an inkling you was actually going to get on the field? Because I know you'd been on the bench um, a few times before. Yeah, to be I wanted to even start from when I first signed, like the minute I signed for Palace, I remember, I think it was near the end of the seat of that season, mm-hmm. before they had the, because um, I went to both matches, I went to the last end of the season match, and yeah. the FA Cup final I went to against United. Mm-hmm. So near the end of the season, I remember I even said to my 23s manager that, could you give me the Wednesday off? Because 23s usually have to come in on a Wednesday. And I said, I wanted to go watch the Tuesday night match at Old Trafford. So I, wanted, I even drive there, drove there with my friend to go and watch I, I think game. I remember. I actually mm-hmm. think, yeah, yeah. So I went to go watch the game. And mm-hmm. I was sitting there, you know, for you going from Margate now to get complimentary tickets at Old Trafford. Now you're thinking, whoa, like this is... Like, wouldn't it be fantastic to even play in this sort of stadium? Mm-hmm. So, and that was the year before I made my debut, the year I signed. Yes. So the year after, like like you said, I, I was making squads. I went on pre-season tours and things like that. So there were times where I did play with the first team, but maybe I couldn't quite make it, or maybe the coaches, managers or the, at the time they didn't think that I was ready or I was good enough to be on that pitch at the time. But I'd be doing well in the reserves and like I said, scoring again and trying to open some eyes and allow people to see, okay, yeah, we can give this guy opportunity. There were times when opportunities were missed through there being injuries and then I didn't happen to get injured at the time. Ah, well. yeah. So there was occasions where I possibly could have made my debut earlier, but things just didn't happen in that way or in the way where it was meant to be. Mm. But at this point, near the Old Trafford time, around like September, there were another few injuries, like Benteke got injured, I think Conor Wickham was injured at the time as well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we had a surplus in strikers and then we can pick which one was there. I remember Bakri Sako was playing up front at the time. Yes. And 
I was still obviously doing well because if you're not doing well and if you're doing very awful, no one's ever going to put you out there. Mm -hmm. So there were many games before that where it would be a test. Like, you know, if you come through this game and you look half decent, then, yeah, the manager would put you in these plans or will put you in his mind. Because, like I said, like these, this is big jobs on the line. So they're not just going to risk something out of, I'm just feeling like I don't have anyone else. I'm just going to throw this person in there because there's no one there. As you end up doing that and people will look to your job as if, well, why did you decide this was a good option? Mm. So come around that time in the test, I would, I would score the goals or I would play well and people would be like, well, yeah, like you've, you've, you've earned your stripes or you've done well enough to, to have the manager to see you doing well. So when I, the manager did, Roy Hodgson didn't name me in the squad, like I remember I was very happy. Mm. And many times I've been on the bench I'll be doing so many laps up around that. <laughs> <laughs> the way I would be running. <laughs> like, oh, just give me... A chance, five, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Five, ten, like, I'll be fine what it is. Like, yeah. you know, some people that it gets to, like, half-time, they just take their shit pads off. They're like, nah, man, like, nothing's happening. Yeah. Let me just relax. But till the 80th minute, 90th minute, I'll be hustling. Yeah, just yeah. open, just praying. Mm. So that time, I remember we even came in. I don't know if it was before the game or at halftime. I remember I was in the toilet. Then Wayne Hudson was in there, and then he said to me, "I'm not scared of putting you on, you know, Fred." And I was thinking, "Yo, put me on, then." Yeah, <laughs> 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 that's big statements to be said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sick, though. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not scared to. Like, yeah. I'll do it. I feel like I need to do it. I'll do it. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I was praying. I was like, yo, God, please, man, just, you know, like what you said, you know, just bring it to life. Like, hopefully yeah. it comes true. So I remember we weren't doing well in that game at all. Like, mm. they were impressing us. They were really, you know, really playing. And, you, you know, you're away to Old Trafford. So this is a big stadium to really be going there with a big name, with big everything. And so some great players on that pitch that day. Mm. Like, your Rashford, he was balling out. Yeah, well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, yeah, because let me just, look, I'll look at the squad. So on that day, who started was, uh, Ron was up top, Rashford, uh, Mata, Mkhitaryan, uh, Fellaini, Matic, Young, Jones, Smallin, Valencia, and DDG in goal. So who would you say kind of impressed you from looking, because you're on the bench now, you're looking at all these players, who kind of impressed you um, watching on? Yeah, like I said, Martial was balling out differently. When you come on, Marshall, okay, yeah, yeah. Martial, when he, sorry, Martial, when he come on, yeah, he, yeah. Put, he did a nutmeg, he was doing flicks, he, he had an assist, so he, I was even going to get to him after, but I accidentally said his name first, so he came on and did very well, but Rashford, yeah. when he started, like, he looked too serious. Yeah. He was really playing, like, you know, like the young, good British talent that you, yeah. you know and hear of, like, you literally did see that. And it was very clear to see that this person is obviously Levels. Very, very, very good. So yeah. I did enjoy watching him, definitely. Sick. So now it's, it's, your, it's your time. Rod Hodgson says, what, Fred? Well, know, get, get strapped. You're coming get strapped, on. bro. In <laughs> <laughs> your heart, bro. I know you must have been buzzing. <laughs> you must have been buzzing, bro. Well, um, yeah, man, how did that feel? How did that feel like, bro? I don't think you can really explain that that kind of feeling. Like it's, um, it's, it's surreal. Like it doesn't even like feel real. And I, I know some people get given this luxury and don't really appreciate or don't really understand it. Like to be honest with you, I didn't really understand it then because 
it's a weird place to be. Like, you know, your dreams, you feel like you, you realise and all your dreams that you wanted to come true and they finally did come through. Mm-hmm. It was just like, to just even just step on that pitch alone was just crazy. Um, just look at the people that you was looking at, it's just crazy. I remember when the final was so blue, I went down on my knees to thank God, like, yo, man, um, my that he came through. I remember Lingard came up to me, just, you know, shake my hand and just say, yeah, man, all the best for the rest of the season or something like that. Um, I was thinking, this is kind of crazy, isn't it? It's a dream, bro. Like, literally, like, because we get a lot of listeners, in it. Like, I'm telling you, majority of listeners are probably, yeah, you've lived the dream of the majority of listeners, which I feel like is um, absolutely amazing. But one thing I wanted to talk about in the game is there's an opportunity where you chested the ball, you laid it back, and you should have got the ball back first time. First time, <laughs> if you get the ball back first time, you're through yeah. on goal. Um, I can't yeah. remember who it is. It takes too long to give you the ball back. Ah, uh, chance yeah. goes to waste. I was so rattled by that, man. Nah, too fair. Me too. Like, I was just... Because, like, Townsend's a sublime player. Like, when you yes, see of course. Him in games and everything, like, this is not something that he couldn't do. He can do more than many times. You've seen him even score great goals and do great things. And I'm thinking at that particular moment, mm-hmm. if you give me that opportunity to shoot and then I score against David De Gea, Spanish international, Fair and I'm even there doing, you know, half, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking stupid, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm on yeah. the pitch holding my own. Like I'm holding off Phil Jones, Smalling, like we got England internationals. Like I'm, I'm winning flick cons, I'm winning the ball. Like I'm, I'm, I'm taking good touches against, you know, top internationals. So not just good Premier League players, but top international players that have even won the Premiership themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, yeah, you give me that opportunity against David De Gea and... If I put that in, life would be a whole lot different. 100%, man, 100%. A whole whole lot different. But obviously things didn't happen in a way where it could have that day. And Mm -hmm. I was just thankful, man, because at the end of the day, I don't ever think that opportunity ever goes to waste. Nah, no way. Because you could always put back opportunities. I I know you have to take some at some key times that help structure your life, but Mm -hmm. there's certain things that you, you do after your life that then that then defines you as a person or that then leads you to where you actually end up at. So what I'm doing now, I feel, is the most important thing. I mean, that opportunity happened that day. Like, I could have, the ball could have came. I could have scored. And then after that, earn a nice little contract because everyone said, oh, yeah, his debut scores against United. He's mm-hmm. about to be the next big thing. You could have the hype and then end up in two, three years in non-league. It's very easily done. Like, I know I even have friends that have done it. Yeah. So... Okay. I even had no players who spent their whole academy, like 10, 15 years at I Crystal Palace and, yeah. and never even got to even play in the Premiership. The amount of players that have gone through like the youth team, the reserves from the ages of eights, nines, and not even had one appearance, yeah, let alone so two, let alone. I'm more than thankful. Yeah. In the space of a year and a half, I, re- I achieved that dream that yeah. people spent their whole lifetimes, you know, trying to chase. That's amazing, so, bro. But yeah, so I'm just thankful and I just have to make sure that, you know, I carry on living the, the, the rest of my career and do the right things for me to get to the point in which I want to get to. And that's back to that premiership. Amazing. So um, from Palace, uh, am I right by saying, did you go Plymouth? I went to Southend. Southend, yeah. So you went Southend. Okay. So what what was that? So leaving Palace, how did you feel? What was that like? Because, um, you know... 
you, you make your debut, you've done well in the reserves. Um, obviously, Palace themselves, aren't, they're not doing too well. So what happens that you leave Palace and then you now end up at, at Southend? And how did you kind of deal with that, that situation? Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. I remember having a meeting with Roy Hodgson and him saying to me, he just feels like I'm at the age where obviously I need to play for myself and for my career. And he said things like that I've been obviously a great pro. You know, I do things well. You know, I try hard. And now I show that I have ability and talent there and I just need to go and showcase it in a place where someone actually appreciate it because he's not in a position to be picking me in front of players that they've spent ridiculous amount of money on or to like the playing field is not there for me to succeed basically so go and do the right things in the right places where people can really appreciate what it is that you are you are offering or you are bringing and it makes sense like when someone does invest a lot in different kind of in other players mm-hmm. more times than not they don't have time to see you over there let's say now you go and score against United on your debut then maybe you then might say okay well this is a bit different but to look all right or to be all right is it's just not enough, not at the top level. You need to do more than that. And that's why I do respect, you know, players like Aaron that has shown that when they have been given a chance, they're more than comfortable. Like you you have your first four games against top teams, top yeah. four teams. It was looking bad. Yeah, you more than hold your weight. Like that's the sort of standing that you have to be at to be at those levels. Mm-hmm. So when he said that to me, I I didn't disagree with it. I definitely agreed with it. And I said, I said, okay, fine. Well, I'll be the one to pick where it is that, you know, I make my decision to go play my football because now this is a crucial time and you don't want to go somewhere where you're not playing. Like, you, you've done all of that for the whole year. Like, the two, three games I played at Palace is clearly not enough for me to, to carry on living my career on. So I need to go somewhere that's actually going to give me those games. So that was a hard decision for me to make in, as in where to go mm-hmm. because you don't know where you're going to be offered the best opportunity for you to develop mm-hmm. which is probably a lot of problems that people have in this day and age like a lot of clubs sign different players different strikers different you know whosoever and even bring people from their youth team or from the academy that they want to give an opportunity to uh, us as footballers we all want that opportunity to play and showcase what it is we can do not a lot of clubs can offer it and not a lot of clubs can offer the portion of the pie in which we want. So going to Southend was difficult. Had a few strikers at the time, but I just thought it would be a decent club for me to go to. Like I started off from young there. So it's one I'm more familiar with. But as I went there, like I said, I had a few strikers, a few decent strikers, by the way. Simon Cox, Fortune, Theo Robinson, like strikers who can definitely more than you know hold their own as centre forwards. So went there and for the first few games did all right. We beat Portsmouth three one, drew against Berry, and then the third game against Warsaw, we played terrible. 
Mm. Absolutely awful. Just had a bad game, a very bad game. Mm-hmm. After that game came and went, I never had an opportunity after that. So it was either bench, out of squads. Sometimes there'll be weeks where I'll be in the squad, there'll be weeks when I'll be not out, out of the squad. You know, I'll be trying and hoping for an opportunity, but at the time the opportunity wasn't going to be given to me by the manager <clears throat> because of obviously the game that I had. And that's when you actually realise that you can't sleep on opportunities. Like, although what you do after that is what defines you, at that particular moment, it's not there to waste. So me wasting that one chance, I could have been there, played, had a fruitful six months and then gone straight right back to Championship or Premier League even. But it didn't happen for me like that. From there, I went on to being released even by Southend. And then that's when Plymouth, who I did speak to before leaving Palace, I just thought, let me just give that a go and see if they're still interested because they were tracking me for like at least a year before that anyway. So you, you, you decided to go to Plymouth um, and you you had a decent spell uh, at Plymouth. Um, yeah. Um, you managed to score, what was it, 19 goals? From, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you scored 90 goal, goals at Plymouth. And yeah, like I, I, even I could see it. Like it, it's like you was kind of, you was regenerated. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, re, you know what I mean? So um, it was a fresh lease of life. And um, then from Plymouth, uh, you end up moving. But before you move, you have opportunities to go to the Championship, right? Yeah, I have opportunities to go to a, a lot of places. Yeah. And there's always talk, there's always interest that my agent would tell me about things like, well, this club has spoken to me and this club, you know, they like you, they're interested in you and things like that. And it's just, how do you want to go to these places? Like, what sort of, like, how are you going to these places? How do they view you as a player? And how are they looking to use you which I even see when I read interviews from a lot of top clubs like I remember um, Fernandez said my friend said this to me that Fernandez said it was the coach that the coach really wanted him that made him want to come to United Mm. so when you hear things like like that it's what every player goes through you know you, you want to go to a place where you really feel feel wanted really feel loved really feel like well the way they're going to use me is the way I'd want to be used as a player so speaking to all these different clubs, I'm weighing up the opportunities and you know, playing probability and, and, and doing the math and thinking, well, what's going to help progress me as a player? And me thinking about it, I'm thinking, well, Rotherham, they do have a track record of being in the championship, even though they just got relegated, but they've been in League One and been promoted also. And the other clubs who were speaking, there's a, probably a good chance that I would do well there, but I just think this one is the best. It's the best move for me. Like the way the club is, as people, the way they are, the way they treat their players. I just think this would be, you know, a very nice club for me to further my career. Because mm. that is the most important thing: making sure your career is furthered and it doesn't stall again or or, or digress or go back. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, so you're currently at Rotherham. Um, you've got seventeen goals. Uh in 39 appearances, so you're doing really well. Um, so in regards to, so let's say hypothetically, season kicks on or whatever, what would be a good number? I don't know if you want to say it, but a good goal return for you. Like, what would be your ideal goal return? Or do you even set targets like that at the start of the season? Like a number in your head? 
I always set targets. Mm-hmm. Like I think every striker does. I think every striker, you want a good season because if you have a 20-goal season minimum, you've done well. So if you score 10 goals by Christmas, let's say, and then you score another 10 in the next half of the season, then that's a great season for any striker. Mm-hmm. And me, I've always wanted to make sure by Christmas I get into the double figures because it makes the rest of your year yeah. easier to, to, to do. So mm-hmm. the more goals you collect the, the second half of the season, you feel like, yeah, I've had a pretty decent season. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy to reach the double figures in, in the way in which I did. Mm-hmm. And to be on 17 now with nine games to go, mm-hmm. it was it's within my targets that I'm trying to reach. Yeah. I don't really tell what those targets are, but of it's well within, <laughs> this is where I'm going. So yeah. to do that in the last two seasons... It's, it's very good. Like this is what you want people to see you as a player as, and to be second in the league. We were top for quite quite a long time as well, and that's the main hope as well to get promoted mm-hmm. automatically, which is what I've obviously been working for and my team's been working for as well. Cool. No, no, hundred percent. Um, I, you know, I see, I see the celebrations on Insta. I see, yeah, you know I mean, I see, I see the goals that you're banging in. Um, I've seen a couple of times you've come off the bench and you've you've bagged. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know I mean, like, uh, you're definitely making your presence felt. Um, so just before we wrap it up, I'm just gonna ask a few random questions, and yeah, that'll pretty much be it. So, what I wanted to ask: Who's the best player you've played for? You don't have to say me, even though I know it's me, but yeah. <laughs> played, played with, sorry. Played with. The best player I've played with. Yeah, with, sorry. I've played with a lot of good players. Mm. A lot of differently good players. Like, um, at Margate, probably Danny Green. Very mm. good player. Silky, left-footed midfielder. Mm-hmm. Can find a free ball, can shoot from anywhere. And that's when I noticed from non-league all the way to Premier League, you'll always find good players. And yeah. good enough players that could play in the Premier League and do the exactly the same things. Mm-hmm. When I went to Palace, Kabaya stood out for me first because if anything he did was just... I wanted to ask you about him as well, but earlier on, he must have been like technically amazing. Anything he did was crazy. Mm-hmm. Three balls, dictating the play, passing, one-twos, things like that. And free kicks, like when you're in training, because that's when you really actually notice that you're at top, top level. Mm-hmm. So when you're in training or you're in practice and you're doing phases of play, and then you're saying, okay, yeah, if the other team wants to have a free kick in this position, they have a good free kick taker, and they'll tell like someone like a buy to come and reenact it. And mm-hmm. no word of light, this is real phase of play. So people, you have your wall, you have your four five man wall, you have a keeper, Speroni or someone else trying to. You're trying to keep the, the, the goal away and you just see him just rifle it into the top corner. Madness. And he'll just do things where... And you know what's so funny? You get to that level that people celebrate greatness. Yeah. So when someone will do something quite crazy, everyone will start clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking, wow, this is different. And then you have the the the, the twins, Wilf and Balassi. Stuff <laughs> they did in training was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> like when I say funny, like I mean like hilarious. Yeah. Like you know, when some two people, whatever ball the the ball would go to, whatever side, you're just thinking something stupid is just going to happen. You know, <laughs> ridiculous skills. Yeah. And you're also funny, you know, you see it on a match day or you see it, you know, against different teams and you're like, oh yeah, these two just cause problems. But really and truly, every day in training, they cause problems. Like, 
I want to know if she enjoyed being a defender. Oh, that must have been annoying. This, this every single day. Mm. And uh, you do fair, you must enjoy just getting roasted if you want to be playing against them. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, what, do you want to mention any anyone else? Or? I'm trying to think. Because I play with a lot of good players. Yeah. Know? A lot of good players. Plymouth, Ruben Ramirez, mm. one of my favourites. Silky. Nice, very, 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 very nice footballer. And yeah, the current team now, obviously we're still playing, so I'll leave that for later. Yeah, yeah, of course. Don't want to put no pressure on anyone or whatever. Yeah. Um, who would I say, who's the best manager you played under? Mm. I left. Um, different managers have different styles, different yeah. philosophies. Like my my market manager, I really enjoyed like his style of play. Like he played the diamond. He had his midfielders running here, there, and everywhere. Mm. He had his strikers really enjoying the middle the middle of the pitch and really trying to get some goals. I really played free flowing attacking football. I mean that's that's enjoyable and I've gone to different clubs with managers that may be more rigid, maybe different in their style of play. So I'm not sure which one I'd say is the best manager I enjoy playing under. Like they've all just been different. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Cool. No, no, no. That's um, that's 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 good, man. But um, yeah, bro. Um, just want to say thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it, man. You know, it's it's um, cause we're we're entering a new segment for 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 Touchline, and you know, when you reach, obviously we know each other, but when you reach out to to footballers, some people ain't got the time, which is fair enough. But thank you for having the time and and coming on uh yeah. the podcast, and yeah, man. Um, I appreciate it, man. No, you're welcome, man. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Cheers. The Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is the perfect gift or addition to a small gathering. The Home Bar makes over 30 drinks from cosmopolitans to old fashions at the push of a button. Just insert the pod, press start, and enjoy. Each Drinkworks pod contains real ingredients and premium spirits. For a limited time, get $50 off the Home Bar with promo code HOLIDAY. Go to drinkworks.com to order now. Drinkworks. Press play. Keurig is a registered trademark of Keurig Green Mountain, Inc. Used under license. Please enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network.